the City Podcast. And we are back another edition of Keys to the City. I am your host, Trevor Keys, alongside the big brother, Ted Keys, and the Joseph Aguirre. What a show we got for you today. Talking about game three, as I like to call Ted, the step-up game. Why am I calling it that? Because there's a lot of players that need to step up in this NBA Finals. Plus, we'll start talking some NFL. To pay your quarterbacks early, we've talked about this multiple occasions in the past couple of years, but we're back to this question. Is it time to pay these young quarterbacks, or do they want to play the waiting game and kind of set yourselves back and trying to, well, give up a lot of money to those young, great quarterbacks? But we have the Joseph McGuire here because, well, we love talking New York Yankees baseball, and what a season it has been so far. The first team to 40 wins this year, 40 and 15 currently, and I just had a quick stat. So they started 38 and 15. It was the best 53 game start in the past like 40 or 50 years. The only teams that have have done it before were the 2016 Cubs won a World Series and the 2020 LA Dodgers won a World Series. So um, if that says anything, it could be a sign of things to come for the New York Yankees. But guys, you look at this team. Hold on. You look at this team overall and the way they've been doing it all, they've been hitting well. They've been pitching well. Lights out from the rotation. Lights out from the bullpen. Even the managing has been, well, we haven't really had many complaints. So, Ted, I'll start with you on this. To you, what is the biggest contributor to the New York Yankees' early season success? And I know it's over 50 games, but still, you still got over 100 games left. So, to you, Ted, what do you think is the biggest contributor? It's the starting pitching. And the health of the starting pitching. I was I, I mentioned sent to this article from the fangraphs.com. They did a huge thing on the Yankees because they were talking about the Yankees. Uh, you know, and you were right. Uh, best record to 55 games. I mean, they, only the 2001 Mariners were 42 and 12. And then that 98 Yankees team was 41 and 13. I know that's 54 games. I didn't get yeah. the 50. It was the article was written on June 6th. They probably won. Yeah, they probably won. But, Trev, I don't want to like scream numbers, but I wrote it down. I want to make sure I say it properly. So I'm. I'm educated when I say it. Just, just go on with it. Go on with it. First of all, I know how you like to jump on You don't on need me. to so say that. You're the, just go with it. Are just you going to tell me already? We're not even. Just say it. So I'm not including last night's game for the Twins last night, even though we won again by 10-4. Talion only pitched five innings, but dominant on the offense. But it's the starting pitch, and it's the health of the starting pitch. Last 15 games for the New York starters, they have thrown at least six, in, six innings in 14 of the 15 games. That's something we've always talked about. You know, it was always like, hey, just get through five and the bullpen take care of it. But the starters are eating up more innings, which makes the bullpen more efficient, especially with guys like Chapman, Britton, Chad Green, all out on the IL right now, right? Um, the exception being a scoreless five-inning spot start call-up by J.P. Spears, the first start of his career. We know about that. Four times in that span, the Yankees have gone at least eight innings, and six other times they have gone at least seven. Over that stretch, the starters have a 1.15 ERA, I'm not going to give the other stuff. Strikeout rate at 25% and held opposing hitters to a 158 batting average, 205 slugging, and 234 on base percentage. They're dominating the pitching. And we've it's similar to what the game is in football. Defense dominates even though offense gets all the publicity. But we saw it like in the Super Bowl. The Rams' defense was so dominant. They were able to control the ball game. They won championship. This Yankee pitching staff, I want to go back about a year ago, right? We, we knew we had Cole, right? But Severino was out, all right? We didn't have Nestor Cortez at that time. Um, Jordan Montgomery, 
Tayon. They were all new guys coming off injuries. And I mean, listen, we had Corey Kluber had not pitched in over a year, right? So you got guys who had really they were coming off of either injury concerns and whether on one year deals, or we had guys who didn't have a full season under their belt. Now you have guys like Cole, and I'm going to use him as an exemption because we know what he's about. But now you got a guy like Cortez who's dominating baseball right now. He's got the best ERA in baseball. And he's been doing this more than just the last four months. It's been since last year. Tayon has been playing, pitching much better. He's gotten off of the sliders, come more to a heavy sinker. Him and Montgomery have been much more dominant. They've been more consistent. And Joe has talked about this last year when the Yankees, he was like, ah, oh, if, we, if we get Severino back, that's a number, that's your backup ace. Right then and there, you're going to get him for the stretch run. And he's pitching like the guy that we saw three, four years ago. For me, we always knew the offense was good enough. It wasn't never about the offense, right? We expect them to score runs. They lead the, they lead the league in home runs. But it's the starting pitching, their consistency every night to get six, five, six, seven innings, dominant baseball, less than three runs. It just makes everything about them great. And the health of the starting pitchers is, for me personally, what's been dominant. I could give you a bunch of other numbers where they got the lowest walk rate in baseball. Their home run rate is 0.79 per nine innings. And, I mean, the strikeout-to-walk ratio is also tops in the league. These are all significant things that they have not had or experienced in the past three or four seasons. Joe, what do you think? So let me point out in game one here against the Twins, three errors in the game. They've been super tight uh, on defense. But we're, again, able to overcome not only bad defense, but bad starting pitching last night, which is, Teddy just said, hasn't been the case all year. You expect that. that like that, That's going to happen throughout the year. It's good to see that this team can – Find ways to win. Six walk-off wins, which leads baseball. Again, another sign of the right direction. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna just slightly disagree with Ted because the p- starting pitching clearly is key here. Uh Nestor Cortez, the biggest surprise of baseball. For me, the rest of this rotation is doing what they're capable of. Uh in his last eight starts, Garrett Cole's got a 203 ERA after a rough start, uh 655 ERA, his first three starts. He's on track. Yeah. Luis Severino's obviously building lights up out. endurance. He's lights out. He's, you know, and again, I've been saying for years when he's healthy, there's no reason to think he won't be one of the studs of the game. And he is. Uh, Jamison Tyone, yeah. right? Minus that start last night. Tyone uh, leads baseball with, with the six wins. He's been outstanding. And you saw Jordan Montgomery, the evolution there. I'm, You know, so a lot of what's happening with the starting rotation, you could almost say to be expected. Yeah. Pleasant surprise, everyone's been perfect, and the health has been insane. Yeah, but Let's don't talk you about, think how consistent they have been? Like, uh, listen, I mean, of, they of course. Back-to-back perfect games. Of I'm, course. It's insane. They've been great. Again, I'm just going to disagree with you because we got to talk about some other people. Absolutely. Let me put it to, let me put it to you too. like that instead. Um, I got something yeah, for you, though, too. That starting pitching has been great, but let's talk about Clay Holmes. Uh, who's got a 0.90 ERA since he became a New York Yankee at the trade deadline last year, an 0.34 ERA this year. He's been absolutely outstanding. You look at the Yankees, and, and we talk about how healthy they are, but if you look at the disabled list, it's actually filled with guys in the bullpen. It's Chapman, it's Britton, it's uh, Jonathan Loisega. It's we, all relievers. We feel Chad Green. I mean, Britain, I mean, you just, you can go on and on. These are guys that have carried us the past three or four seasons. It doesn't matter who they seem to throw in that bullpen these days. Everybody seems to get it done. So they've been outstanding. Now, here's the other thing. Look, 
the offense is is what it is, and and they again been able to win the close games. They've been able to blow people out. But well, let's talk well, about yeah. Aaron Judge for a minute. In his last forty games, <laughs> which coincides with this ridiculous run these guys have been on, mm-hmm. he's hitting three thirty three with twenty one homers and forty three RBI. It's pretty good. Aaron Judge. It, it, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. He seems to put the Yankees up one nothing all the time. Seems like in the early innings too. Well, it's, like right, it's, like, it's like right off the. It's, it's like right off the. It's like right off the bat, Joe. It's like one nothing because, like I said, we don't get. The, I, I don't really get to see the Yankees a lot. I have to go on certain websites to go find them because I don't have Yes Network. So I get a lot of texts. I get a lot of updates from Ted. I get a lot of updates from social media, and you always just see like one of the first highlights is like, oh, an Aaron Judge Oppo home run, or Aaron Judge a, down, a liner down the line, or something like that. It's just like he's just always getting on base, and he's just hitting the crap out of ball, a crap out of the ball, and well deserving of this contract. I know it's cliche what I'm gonna say, but. I can't decipher which is the biggest contributor because the hitting has been lights out, even with some of the injuries. They've been clutch hitting. They've they've won by, like we said, blowouts. The pitching, as we know, this starting five rotation has a win-loss record right now, 21-5. and five. All their guys have one loss right now. Tyone has six wins. Cole has six wins. Cortez has seven. Those Montgomery are should have like six those wins. Are oh, yeah, I was going to say Montgomery Severino has five like, at this And point. Severino has four or five, and then Montgomery is one and one. But my thing is, is you look at those four guys, those four guys right now, maybe with the exception of a Justin Verlander, has a golden opportunity to start the All-Star game. And we're looking at possibly four or five guys from the Yankees starting rotation. And then you look at their bullpen. I mean, Michael King has been lights out, 2.9 ERA. And then Clay Holmes, well, he could be the ultimate definition of lights out because he's literally been a 0.3 far. Not bad pickup for Pittsburgh. And that's the thing also is that the pitching in the bullpen has been so great. But this offense, they got a plus 108 run differential right now. They're only second behind the LA Dodgers. They're 23 and 7 at home. They are 17 and 8 from the, on the road. And they're the first team in 40 wins. So I can't really decipher guys. And another fact, their pitching staff the last 11 games, only 16 runs. Now, I know they haven't played the greatest competition, but still, you're playing a professional team. Anytime you could shut down an offense, doesn't matter who you're playing. You're doing something right. And I really can't sit here, guys, and say, well, it's the bullpen. Oh, you could say the starting rotation. Oh, you could say that Aaron Judge, you have the MVP of the entire baseball world right now. You can't really pick between any of those top well, options. Well, you definitely can pick the starting rotation over the bullpen. Also, also, hold on. The they, they have the lowest ERA currently right now with a 2.55 ERA. And interesting stat, the second most innings pitched per start, 5.2 currently in baseball. So sure. the Yankees are doing it all right. They're not – like, that's the thing. Their starting rotation has been delivering where you don't need to kind of – tire well, out the ball. Well, can I add something to that? And then your offense is just ca- carrying it within the first uh, – you're up already three, four runs in the first inning with the way this team's been pitching. It, you can almost just say, hey, chalk up another W in the win and the win-loss column. Well, if I can add something to that. Joe has spoke about this, I know, in the past couple of years with a lot of the injuries, but consistency, the line of consistency, right? Like we don't have five different lineups. We know who's going up at bat. Like DJ last night. Back to the leadoff spot, three for three last night. Gets on base, judge, boom, home run. Stands back in the lineup. We know what he provides. That's what I'm saying. There's no so, two contributors. It's a, it's, it's so a we whole know, and group listen, game. And also, 
Well, and I would say this, like Joe has talked about, and then I just want to add one stuff and I'll let Joe finish was Joe has always talked about the lineup, like knowing when you come in at a baseball one o'clock in the afternoon for the light o'clock game, you know, you're batting fifth lineup, you know, you're playing third base. It's not like, well, I don't, because I think everyone now knows their role. I really think this, if they were not knowing where their role was at, there would be, the team would not be playing as well. And I think they're gelling because Glaber's like, okay, I know I'm going to be a spot starter three days a week. I'm going to be mixing in DJs at short second, whatever, you know, DJ's good. Everyone's rest, everyone's healthy. But here's the last thing, and this is fun because we have – personally, for me, this is fun to say because you and me have were on the opposite, even though I really like them. It's the Gary Sanchez thing. It's worth noting that the rotations improvement owes something to its defense. Starting catcher Jose Trevinos, who's 3.6 framing runs, ranked second in the majors, and is well ahead of the, his predecessor, Gary Sanchez, who was negative 2.5. The team's 4.6 framing runs is tied with the Major League League, and – where last year's it was 12th in major league. And here's the other thing that adds to it. And this is a this is, I think, another thing that I think we never really took into the offseason. Mm-hmm. But remaking the infield of Anthony Rizzo, Josh Donaldson, and Kyner Falefa, the team owns an AL best 7.724 defensive efficiency, up from last year's 698, with his fourth in the majors in runs saved 25 miles ahead of last year's when the Yankees were the second to last team in the majors at 40 negative 41. Remember how many times last year when we were doing this show, we were screaming about how many errors and mistakes the Yankees were making on the base paths. I have, I don't remember. I haven't seen. I think this year we've all the same mistakes like taking stupid extra bases, getting caught stealing, doing Hicks. things that were unprofessional. That's the thing. Life. We've re- when we've been talking about the Yankees since the season's been started. The only time I could really, really recall that we've talked kind of badly about them it was kind of more just was was actually more not even towards the yankees but it was just more around the whole view of baseball with just not hitting now the league is still struggling with that but the yankees have have figured it out and they're light years away from what they started with joe take it away finish up on the new york yankees uh well I'm glad I'm glad you brought up Anthony Rizzo. Uh if his batting average wasn't so poor, uh yeah. I think he'd be getting a lot more attention. What's he batting two thirteen? He's actually hitting two thirteen. And don't look now, but Aaron Hicks after two hits last night is hitting two twenty-three with a three fifty-one on base percentage, which is actually third best on the Yankees. Two hits from Joey Gallo last night. He's at one eighty-six. Let's talk about Matt Carpenter because I got into an argument with a bunch of people on Yankee groups on Facebook what an who addition. were like, he's washed up. And I'm like, do you think the Yankees would have brought him up if he hadn't done work in the offseason to get himself out of the That's gutter? just another DJ LeMayhew to have, another utility guy. No, I would get it, Jeff, A lot of positions. Get... He's he's had the experience before in the postseason. He can deliver over you with a big hit, pop, have some pop. Play multiple he's positions. The... Yeah, he's, yeah, guy. Exactly. He's hey, that ad bat against Otani the other day, man. Oh, boy, did that set the tone so, uh, doesn't for the rest you... of that game. Here's the thing. It's funny. When the Yankees are bad, we always bash Cashman. Didn't make the moves. Didn't do this, right? And the Clay Holmes move last year, underrated move, didn't think about it. You know, we're like, Pittsburgh, what the hell did he do? And he comes over, and he's been phenomenal since they brought him over. And then you look at a guy like this guy, like Matt Carpenter. You can see this guy having – it'll be playoff time, late September, October. He'll have a key at bat. He'll work, he'll work the rock. You know, he'll work that bat. He'll he'll get a walk. He'll make a defensive play in the infield. He's just one of those guys where you're going to like, man, he's going to be one of those Yankee guys you're like, Key contributor, you th- and when you, I think of that, I think of one of those '90s teams where they're picking up like a guy like Tim Raines late in the season, or Cecil, or or someone that 
is you don't think about now, but later in the season, there's going to be a significant game, and you're going to be like, man, that was a great pickup at that time. Well, we all said something. So the Yankees, Ted thinks it's the pitching staff. I think it's everything. I mean, there's just not a weakness right now for me to say anything bad about the Yankees. And Joe, I, I, what was for Joe's? What was it? Was it the hit? Joe was offense. Joe, uh, oh. Joe, Aaron Judge. Well, we all, yeah. like I said, Wait, we all let picked me, something. Can I do one more finish thing? Up, finish up. Take it up. Let's talk about Jose Trevino. He cannot hit on the road. He's got a 189 batting average. But at Yankee Stadium, dude's hitting 354 with three homers and 11 RBI. He's been great. Him taking over the starting catching role again. You look at the tear Aaron Judge has been on. It also coincides with Trevino basically becoming the everyday guy. All in all, to be honest, I'm just we're just happy Yankee fans right now. I mean, they're playing well, and there's not really a glaring weakness on this team. They're delivering. They're hitting the crap out of the ball. The pitching's been lights out, and the bullpen has, well, let's be honest. Seven got, straight wins again. They're on it's a gotten roll. Back, it's gotten back to looking like that dominant bullpen. Also, the New York Mets still continue to win right now, the best baseball record in the NL. So, like I said last week, something special is brewing in New York sports. The Yankees are winning. The Mets are winning. Let's see what the New York Rangers can do. But right now, Yankee fans and Met fans, be, be excited. I'm going to scold you for one thing that you said. You talked about the competition that the Yankees are playing. I mean, they've been destroying the best teams in the Central Oh, they've Division. been taking care of business. I'm, they, I've never – no, I, they've been taking well, care because, of Well, because, look, they're, you know, the, the knock on the Yankees is that their schedule's been easy. And it's like, dude, we're 50 games in, though. Yeah, exactly. We're like a third of the yeah, way through right? the season. It's not over. even like twenty. It's not They're even like twenty or like on an easy yeah. schedule. It's like no. Yeah. They're beating the bejesus out of everybody. Everyone. They're playing yeah. righties, lefties, day games, night games, home road. It doesn't matter where these Yankees are. And I think it's important to note. Look around the rest of the league. There are a ton of underperforming players and teams, mm -hmm. and it just goes to show how much better right now the Yankees are than everybody else. The talent on the Yankees, you look at the Mets, you look at the really talented teams where, where you know the guys, you shouldn't be surprised where most of these teams are sitting right now. The Angels, by the way, suck. Let's just put it out there. Mike Trout is the most overrated person who's ever existed in any sort of competition. I'm going to put it out there. They're terrible. And it's all his fault. And now he's hurt again. Did you see that? No. No, I did not see that. Uh, by the way, anybody who puts out an MVP list right now, if Aaron Judge isn't your American League, you should have your credentials taken away Joe, because you're a moron. No, I saw that, Trevin. I know you said that. I saw that on the MLB.com. They were doing the one-third poll of like who's. They still had Verlander, the, the, the Cy Young, and they still had Trout number one. And I'm like, they're like after he had an awesome eight in May, and I'm like, did any of you guys see what Aaron Judge has done since like middle of April to now? I don't know what they're talking about. The Yankees pitch it's that I'm like, stop, guys. I'm like, you got the best team in baseball with the best player. They've beaten every series except for one. Sorry, the Dodgers got swept by the Pirates at home. I don't want to hear about it. Teddy, so. he was 0 for 12 when that list came out, and he went 0 for 23. They've lost 13 in a row with the two best players on the planet. I don't know. Maybe not. Joseph, as always, thanks, buddy. Pleasure. <laughs> I'll see you next week. You got it. So that was the Joseph Aguirre. We're only doing one show, by the way, this week because Ted will be away for a bachelor party with his one of his best friends. His lifelong friend is getting married, so he will not be around. Maybe Trev will be back. We'll be discussing more later on, maybe in the week or next week. Spread the news, bro.
throwing a bachelor party for your best friend's wedding. Shut up. It's a good, it's a celebratory. Tell you, you look sexy in that light blue shirt, bro. Ah, thanks. I appreciate it. I gotta shave a little, but I gotta. I gotta yeah, I you gotta definitely gotta trim it. They're looking a little thick. Nah, this beard looks good, bro. This. Do you is think nice. the hair looks better today? No, it doesn't. Look, it looks it looks terrible. It looks terrible. Speaking of terrible, other than the name Steph Curry, there's been a lot there's of terrible there. play in the NBA Finals right now. Now, I know tonight it's game three, but, Ted, I'm calling this the step-up game. Now, why do I call it the step-up game? Because let's be honest. You like the dance. Other than I do like the dance. But other than the number 30, most of the players in this Finals – have either been disappointing or too inconsistent. And there is a big problem with that because you have talent all around these on these courts between these two teams, and there's too much inconsistency as an NBA fan to be seeing this. And it's kind of disappointing. And maybe is a reason why the ratings, shockingly, have not been very successful in this finals, which I was very, very surprised to see when I saw that last week. Ted, to you. The step-up game. And I might even have another question to branch off of this, of two specific players. Two, probably two of the most impactful players on this uh, in this game finals. But to you, I mean, you could pick a Celtic, you could pick a, a Warrior, you could pick just one player. It doesn't matter. To you, who needs to step up in this NBA finals? Well, I'm glad you called this the step-up game because I wanted to make sure it I has to be a right. man. Look at these first two games. Go look at Curry. Winner- He's been by Curry's by far been the best player in this in this finals. Nobody Absolutely. else has been a close second. So the ESPN had posted a stat saying the winner of Game Three Finals when a series is tied one one, not a two zero. Yes. Mm-hmm. The winner of Game Three goes on to win the series eighty two percent of the time, which means good. it's. I mean, in in professional sports, that's as that's as guaranteed as it gets. I mean, 87 percent is pretty guaranteed, at least yep. in my book. I don't know how other people see it, but that's why the importance of Game Three tonight is significant. Now. If you ask me a prediction, I think the Celtics will win at home tonight. I think they'll rebound. But me personally, you know, we were talking about this. I had it down to two players. I said, personally, for the Celtics, I think it's Tatum. And you're like, well, that's stupid. He's the best player. I'm like, I never said that. But no, I'm not saying, but people don't accuse me. I don't know who you're accusing. But you look at game two. Yeah, he had 28 points, but it didn't even seem like he had 28 points. And I wrote this stat down today because I was thinking about Tatum and how I could relate this, but. The biggest thing I noticed with the Celtics is, is their turnovers. When they play efficient basketball and Tatum doesn't turn the ball over, they win. Boston's yeah. record when they have less than 15 turnovers in, in this playoffs this year, they're 13-2. So it's mm-hmm. almost a guaranteed win. When they record 15-plus turnovers, they're 0-5. Game one, they had 12 turnovers. Well, they won the, the series. Also, they got hot. They scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they won the best fourth quarters ever. But in game two, they had 19 turnovers. And I wrote this down. The what was it? I wrote Oh, the, um, I apologize. The Golden State Warriors had 33 points off of those turnovers. Mm-hmm. And why the reason why I say that's significant stat is because Tatum right now has been their point guard, has been kind of their leader. They're kind of like everything has been going off of him. Even though Marcus Smart is a point guard, everything kind of feeds off of Jason Tatum. And he did not play – how do I say? He played careless, I thought, basketball. Too many mistakes, too many turnovers. You know, you want to – listen, listen, James Harden, Kobe Bryant, you know, Giannis, those guys are not point guards, but they control the ball. They take the ball up to the court, and they kind of sometimes dominate, and everything kind of rolls off them with the pick and roll. So he's got to be much more efficient. He doesn't have to be 
30, 40 points. He can have another 25, 28 point game, but he's got to be more efficient. He has way too many turnovers. He was too careless of the ball. For me, he's got to step up and and he's got to play better if the Celtics are going to win the series. And you know, and I also think the Celtics too, if they're going to win, they got to play much better in the third quarter. The Celtics have been outscored in the third quarter of the first two games, 73 to 38. So, and we know Golden State always seems to dominate. For me, though, on the other side, it's Clay Thompson. And you're like, well, why Clay? I think if Clay's playing his best basketball, and he did in most of the closeout games in the past two series, that's when they become unbeatable. Because I feel like Curry gets his. Jordan Poole will find a way to get his. I think he's starting to catch a stroke. He might struggle a little bit tonight in Boston, but we'll see. But I don't expect him to be 25, 30 points. I expect him to be anywhere from the 18 well, to 24. He did it in the regular season. So he has the capability to oh, absolutely. be 20 to 25 points. He can be their best player. But if you can get the second splash brother to be 85, 90% of what he was before his double injuries, they'll be unbeatable. Because when he's splashing from deep, it's game over. Yep. Wave pool, water goes over the thing. It, the game's over. Because they have so many multi-ways of beating you defensively, Jordan Poole, Draymond's a pit, Kevin Looney, Curry. If Clay's rocking, bro, it's like, who do you guard then? And it makes him so much harder to defend. And we saw it in what was it, game seven against Memphis in uh in against game, Dallas. Game five against Dallas, he took care Dallas, of Dallas. Clay Thompson was the yeah. best player. And, against, and, yeah. and they blew the two teams out. And look how much better Golden State looked offensively when Clay Thompson you know, was draining him. Bang, bang, yeah, you know, and, and you I know mean, yeah. how he can get on a roll. So me personally, if Clay Thompson could play what we think Clay was before he had the multiple injuries and get, and start splashing from deep, the party's over. The pool party's over. Yeah. Other I mean, than, you, can, you can pull the trophy out and it'll be done in six. Yeah. Other but, than, uh, other than Steph Kerr is Steph and, and probably Larry Bird or maybe Reggie Miller in all time. There's no guy that when he's on, there's no better player maybe. And I mean, he just doesn't Those miss. Those guys are probably the top five shooters of all time. I mean, I mean, Clay, yeah, without question. Here's right my now, thing. Reggie about, here's my thing about this is everybody says, yeah, Tatum. Tatum's been very actually pedestrian. If you look, I mean, his first two games, he's averaging 20 points a game, five and a half rebounds, eight assists. Not bad. It, it's, it's not great scoring wise. Shooting, he's shooting 30% from the floor. 15% lower than a season average. So think about that. I mean, this is just the way he's had the turnovers. He struggled the other night with turnovers. But to me, who is more important to their team's success? It's easy. Well, it's more Clay important. It, it's Clay. Well, I, I, if you're looking, if you're looking at the question, I put that because we what? were just we were talking. My thing is, if I had to be honest, it's easy to me. It's Clay Thompson, and the reason why I say Clay is because. Boston is all we've ever talked about with Boston this whole postseason is the depth they have. Like if Tatum has an off game and we saw it in game one, he had an awful game shooting three of 17 from the from the floor, but he still managed to go in another direction and go facilitator. And that's okay. But then there's going to be games like the other night where, yeah, he had 28 points, but he was awful. He had a minus 36 plus minus on the floor, the worst of his career. So this is a guy that even if he has an off game like he did in game one, they could still win. He doesn't have to, like Ted said, he doesn't have to chuck up 30, 40 shots and have 45 points again. I mean, it's it's always as a fan and as 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 being a part of the Boston Celtics, yes, you, you love to see your superstar player go off and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the with some of the best in the game like he's been doing this postseason. But to me, 
I would say Clay because of the fact that Yes, Steph has been doing his thing in the first two games, and he's he's been the runaway finals MVP with TVD. Do not know what's going to happen with the rest of the results of this finals. But with the way we've seen how Clay has, Ted, you said it too. When Clay is on, this team is almost unbeatable, and that's defensively and offensively. And to me, they have that so they have too many players that are too inconsistent in the sense of like I know it sounds crazy, but I'm trusting. That Boston Celtics team, those players like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, just some of the guys that have been huge for this Boston Celtics team. I don't see the same feeling when I look at Draymond Green. Now, I know what Draymond can do defensively, leadership-wise, and even offensively when he has the ball in his hands, just not shooting. Wiggins? Wiggins is another guy that is like a Jordan Poole, very similar. Can go for 20 to 25 points a game, Ted. But there's also games that he can shoot five of like 22 and and have finished with 12 points. There's too many non elite. I shouldn't say elite scores, but there's not that go to score after Steph other than Clay Thompson. Now, some people might say Jordan pool. I get it, but we all know. They don't use Wiggins in that, in that facet. But they should though. I think they should because he is a talented scorer. He's got, he's got length. He can shoot the ball. He's, he's not the greatest offensive option, but he's still a guy that can get you 20 to 25 points a game. And with the way Clay's been playing, Steve Kerr faces a tough challenge of what do you do if Clay Thompson has another off game tonight? Like if he has well, another they, bad game, not, Ted, what do they do? Well, see, I'll argue this point. I used two guys. You said, what team's important? So I said Tatum for the Celtics, Clay for the Warriors. And you said, well, of the two, you got to choose, you choose Clay. See, I would choose Tatum. Okay. Because, see, the Warriors dominated game two, and they didn't need Clay. And if they didn't fall, if they didn't fall apart in the fourth the Celtics quarter, Celtics game one, seven for nine Tatum. from three in the fourth quarter, and 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 Warriors forget to play defense. They're up two zero, and that and Clay didn't do anything. I will tell you this though: you were talking about before when you were talking about Tatum. Tatum had thirteen assists in the first game, right? Didn't play well in the second game, facilitating or score, scoring. But when he does assist. The victory brought what was it? He had 13 assists. The victory brought Boston to 17 and 2 and 895 winning percentage this season. When Tatum hands out at least seven assists, the best record in such games among all players with at least 15 of them. So tonight, what do I need from Tatum? I need 27, 7, and 5. I need yeah, five need rebounds. Be, yeah, I need, but 27, also I need 27 be, points. Don't be careless need, with the ball. I need at least seven assists. I need at least five rebounds, but I need less turnovers. I need I need three. My pre personally three or less turnovers. I think he gets the five turnovers. The team will probably get somewhere else. They'll have too many turnovers. He's got to be more efficient with the ball because we have, we know both of these teams can score. They both play great defense. That's what makes them phenomenal. They both can score in multifaceted ways, but they can play great defense. And I like yeah. I said before, game two, all those turnovers. What was it? Nineteen turnovers. I said Golden State turned them into thirty-three easy buckets. So, you know, listen, we talk about this in football, the big play action, right? And I'm not saying play action play, but big plays. You're not going to be able to sustain seven, eight, nine, ten plays drives consistently mm-hmm. through a game. Once in a while, it's nice to get an easy layup. And when I, and I say that in basketball terms, it's nice to get the easy fast break layup for easy buckets because too many times, especially now in the NBA Finals, everything is a struggle to get every point. So, be efficient with the ball. If Tatum plays well tonight and does not turn the ball over, Celtics win. 
if he is pass happy and starts turning the ball over like Daniel Jones, they will lose this game and Golden State will go up 2-1 and more likely, like I projected, win in seven. Now, that's also the thing, just to finish up, like, well, I know we're talking about Tatum and Clay, and because those two guys, how important they are to their team's success, but this also goes for Jalen Brown, this goes for Marcus Smart, this goes for Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole. All these guys with the not-named last name Curry has been too inconsistent in this finals, and they need to step up. This is game three. This is a huge, huge game for the Boston Celtics, a huge game for the Golden State Warriors. As I like to call it, yes, it's game three of the NBA Finals, but this is the step-up game because there is a boatload of players that need to step up because it just hasn't been panning out so far early on in this finals. Ted, who do you got tonight quickly? And then we'll get over to our I, I said it before. I said when we started this part of this section of the show, I said Celtics, I find I think uh-huh. the win rebound at home. I think the crowd is going to be a major factor. Think, yeah, we're both on the Celtics. I got the Celtics winning tonight too. I think they bounce back. I think Tatum has one of his I, I, like I, said, I think I, Tatum has one of his better games of the postseason, scoring wise too, efficiently from the floor. And I expect this to be I I expect this to be too the most competitive game. Let me let me throw one more game. other thing. I think this is going to be a really good game too. I hope. But we thought this in the Miami series too, and then Miami we came only, in. Yeah, and we only hope. Uh, since March 30th, which we're going on about three months right now, the Celtics yeah. have not lost back-to-back games. So that's part of no, my they other. Don't lose after following a loss. So they haven't lost back-to-back games since March 30th. Nope. So that's my other philosophy of thinking on this: that yeah. the Celtics will rebound. Having the multiple days off because, you know, in, bas- in basketball, you know, they need five days off between each game where hockey players can get hit by a puck in the face and they play the next day. But whatever, that's a whole other story. That's a whole we'll other story. I just wanted to give you a quick, uh, Clay, Tom, his stats so far. 13 points so far, 4 of 19, shooting 1 from 8 from 3 in game 2. 4 of 15 overall. Watch, watch, Clay will have a huge game. Curry will have he a bad four game. 15 from three overall and 10 of 33 overall from the floor. So, Clay Thompson, huge. It needs to be huge tonight for the Golden State Warriors and needs to be huge for them for the rest of the series if they want to win another title. And Jason Tatum needs to do the same. Let's just finish off with this. We're starting to get back into the boys of fall because, well, as you know, it is June 8th. Mandatory OTAs are happening. Training camps are going to be happening. It's go time, ladies and gentlemen. Football is, we're under 100 days, and there's a huge debate going on in this NFL world because of the quarterbacks, and we know how much we love those great quarterbacks. Well, there's some teams right now that have good problems, and it's the sense of the paying. And why do I say good problem when you got to pay guys almost $300 million? With the way these contracts are, you're going to be seeing $300 million contracts quarterback. Well, because if you have a franchise quarterback, you have already got the top check mark off and f- building a franchise and building a contender. And there's some teams like the Los Angeles Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Cincinnati Bengals who have four guys that look to be the part, look to be the franchise guy, look to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So, Ted. These teams, specifically, I know we're going to wait. The Herbert and Burrow thing, that's going to happen eventually. But Lamar and Kyler are just a whole different animal because these are two guys that, well, let's be honest, they're game changers, not just because of their arms. It's because of their legs and what they can do offensively. Do you wait to pay these guys or do you continue or like do do you pay them? Do you pay them or do you hold off? And trying to hope that, well, the money ain't getting any cheaper, dude. So so let's have the conversation we had yesterday on the telephone when we were just kind of BSing. Because that's what this should be right now. 
you got to pay him because there is very few elite quarterbacks. And when I say elite, I mean like real starting quarterbacks that give you a realistic opportunity to make the Super Bowl. Like if I can reference this to the Giants, because we are Giant fans and we'll talk about this. You either have a quarterback for your future or you have no one. Yeah. And you're just like pedaling along, staying afloat in the water until you drown or find that that boat that comes by and picks you up. Yeah. The Giants have been drifting out to sea on a life raft and are about and could drown. All right. That's what Daniel Jones has been for the it's like, oh we, we we're catching this. Nope, 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 nope. We're just we're still drifting. Couldn't catch it. I look at the Ravens in Arizona. They both are deserving to be paid. The longer you wait to pay your quarterback, the more you're going to have to pay. Now, what I've read on reports and Twitter is the Ravens want to do business with Lamar. Question is, does Lamar want to do business with them? Does he want to sit this year and test free agency? But risk injury. You know, you know, where is his philosophy? Does, is he waiting for Kyle Murray to get paid in his back? Like, hey, listen. I'm going to wait for Trev to get paid and see what he gets paid. And if Trev gets paid 100, I'm a one-on-one. You know what I mean? Like, Because we know how this market goes with wide receivers, defense wide receiver, players. Yeah. With every position, it's like that. Yeah. I, who was it like when the, a couple years ago, Stefan Gilmore or Jalen was like – Oh, we, want, just they, with the, we just saw with they, the receiver. Look at the receivers this year. But they wanted to get paid like $1 more. Like didn't yeah, matter. Just wanted, and, and you want that thing to be the highest Just want to have that title as highest paid player. Right, until like next week or the year later. Exactly. And but here's here's the only problem we see when you do do this. All right, you ha- you have a certain amount of time. We've seen this with the Chiefs. We saw this with the Seahawks. We've seen this with some of the other teams. Is when you draft a rookie quarterback and you hit on it, right? Let's go back to. I wish I could go back to Sean's in trouble and he probably won't play the season. But if you go back to that draft class, right? The Bears traded up one spot to go get Mitchell Trubisky. And then there was a bunch of teams that did not take Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm taking Deshaun Watson's nonsense out of the equation, just as the football player itself. All those teams that passed on him are all still drafted mostly in the top 10 because they did not hit on a quarterback. And that's why the Bears have, still have no quarterback, and now they have Justin Fields. We'll Whoa. see how that, we'll see how that pans out. Don't on my boy Jay But here's the thing. You draft a young quarterback like the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson. You get a four-year window. To maximize yeah, your opportunity, of course. you can go get guys like the Chiefs did. Go pay Tyron Matthew. Go get Frank Clark. Go pay this guy. Go pay this guy because you still got the quarterback under the rookie deal. Yep. Once you do pay them, like we saw with Joe Flacco, like we saw with Russell Wilson, like we're going to see next year when Mahomes is salary, not this year, but the following Finally year, goes into play, drastically. Yeah, goes in. yep. That's when teams' budgets have to come drastically have to change. If we've noticed anything, go back to the last 10 Super Bowls. I think it's since 2011. I had the stat in front of me. But no quarterback has made the Super Bowl when they occur more than 15% of the salary cap. So what does that mean? You pay your quarterback. You can't pay your backup tight, your your left tackle or your right tackle. You can't pay your extra linebacker. You can't pay your second cornerback. I don't know how the Rams do it. They must have they must have the banks from Sweden. I can't can't even I can't even. I don't know how they pay Donald and Ramsey, but they what maybe what's that said is you hit on draft picks. Because as you you said, F the draft picks. F draft picks and just pay everybody because it's LA. It's Hollywood. And it's worked out for them. My thing is this pay them now. Like if I if I'm the Bengals and the Chargers, now it's in the salary cap structure. You have to wait at least three years. But I would pay Herbert and Burrow now. They're not going, you're not first of all, we all know they're not going here. 
Pay them now because if you wait till after Kyle Lamar, see, and the problem is Deshaun's and Brown's contract. Rolling, the longer you wait, yep. the more you're going to pay in the long run. Because if the Cardinals don't want to pay him, then tell me who the Cardinals quarterback is going to be. You're going to go get Nick Foles next year? Daniel Jones going to be your new starting quarterback when the Giants release? Like, who is – tell mean, me who I, you're going I to get. That these guys, Kyler Murray, Lamar, they look like they're going to get paid. It, it, I mean, if it's by the Cardinals or or Baltimore, you would, you would assume. But that's still – we don't know. I just want to say – this is what these quarterbacks are making for next year. These guys this year, actually, Herbert's making, six, six, Herbert's making six million a year, twenty seventh overall. Burrow's nine million, nineteenth, nineteenth, followed by Kyler, twentieth, and Lamar is making a cool two million dollars this year, forty seventh overall. Two. Two million dollars average. That's, wild, per, that's how much he's getting paid average. Average per pay, uh, per year. He's ranked forty-seven. There's guys. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see if I can find. Them. Oh yeah, there's guys like Taylor, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, C.J. Beathard, Mike White. Oh yeah, a bunch of bunch of solid starters in this league that are getting paid more money than Lamar Jackson. My thing also about this, and I wanted to finish up with the is this is I much rather be. The Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Baltimore Ravens more than I would ever want to be the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins, the Carolina Panthers, Philadelphia Eagles. the Philadelphia Eagles, and did I say the Cleveland Browns? I, I don't know if I, well, I, you I did. And Cleveland Browns. Why am I saying those franchises? It's very simple because all those five. Franchises have one thing in common. Uncertainty. They're all uncertain about their quarterback situation. I said the Browns. The Browns are for a different reason. But before Deshaun Watson, the Browns were in that situation of, do we pay Baker Mayfield? And look how the Browns, the as, as my boy Pete says, the Browns will Browns. It's, it's yeah, pretty. And, and, and that's the thing also. Miami. What are they going to do with Tua? If if he if he has a good year, are you willing to pay him well, big bucks? I know well, he's had Daniel Jones is another thing. Jalen Hurts. I'd much rather be those four franchises, like I said, with Herbert, Burrow, Lamar, and Kyler, than I'd much rather be those franchises with quarterbacks. Yes, they have a quarterback right now, but do they have their guy moving well, forward? Those are questions that will need to be answered this season. But for those four other franchises, those answers have already been answered and set. They just need to put the pen to the paper, well, you got your guy for a long time. And Jeff, and the only thing that these two guys do risk, though, is, and I'm going to give you the, the perfect example, is you got two scenarios. you got the Kirk Cousins scenario where you get franchise tag Kirk two, three years in a row. Dak. Yeah. You, or you get the Dak situation where, okay, that's the thing I think Lamar and Kyle will worry about. But here's the thing. Dak got hurt and then got paid the highest contract for any, for any quarterback. Mm-hmm. So Dallas still paid him. All right, but you still take that risk, and yeah. there's always a risk. And you know, listen, God willing, hopefully none of these guys get hurt. That 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 situation ever occurs, even for Dak. All right, but then you look at the Kirk Cousins dealers. You get franchise, and no one wants to be franchised because it's only a guaranteed for that year. But you know what? If you can stay pretty healthy, you know who's made the mo- most money in in football the last three seasons? It's Kirk Cousins. 
Kirk Cousins has made the most money in football in the three or four in the last three He's or like four seasons. Ver- this year, this uh, decade's version of Sam Bradford. He has learned how to use the system. Now, of course, he doesn't. He's get manipulating hurt. the system as he, best he as he is can. He's not getting hurt, but think about it. He's had three. He's had the multiple franchise tag, and then he got the guaranteed contract from Minnesota. They're not big deals, but they're guaranteed. And all and- that to win nothing. Good for him. He's done a hell of a jo- look. He's done a hell of a job, just like Sam Bradford has. Those guys have done a hell of a job of really. Kind but of you would, here's you know, my thing: if I'm manipulating the system, but I but know what I'm the Minnesota, guys do. I listen. I know you and me are not big fans of Kirk Cousins because he's a 500 quarterback. But tell me someone right now that's on the market that you that's bigger, better than Kirk Cousins. Like that, right you now, either have yeah. a guy that's somewhat like that. Because here's the thing: the Saints, I think, are right on that brim, Trev. With the the closest, the closest to me would be probably just Jimmy G or Baker, and that's I mean you you well, much and, rather, and I would say the Saints with Jameis because I think that team is still Super Bowl caliber, but I don't think anyone has trust in Jameis Winston. Where I think like you know that was why there was speculation like would who would go there? Would they trade for a quarterback? And yeah. just like you brought up the Panthers, Sam Darnold, you know you either got the guy or you don't got the that's, guy. And right now, if you got the guy. Pay him early and worry yeah. about it down the road. Then pay late and have to pay more. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. I it's I'd much rather be those four franchises and teams like us, our New York Giants, and other teams that have bill, that have that uncertainty team. around the franchise of yeah. You might say one thing, but saying is just one thing. If you could do it, words speak our, our actions speak louder than words. I know the words have been have been said that we have faith in them. Well, I guess we'll see. But I'd much rather be these four franchises. I know that the big bucks are coming for these four guys, but they're all deserving of it, and the franchises better figure it out because you do have four franchise quarterbacks. You just don't want to let us slip away. Trust me. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys of the City. We are signing off. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. We will be back next week. We are out. to the city pop.